Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome into another edition of Noon Dish. We are sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Folks, uh, that's Don Callahan. He appears to have, and I muted you because you were breathing heavy. (laughs) When we were at the Everly screen. (laughs) Wait, are you sure that was me? That was you, buddy. I was holding my breath. When I say silence, I mean silence. Uh, (laughs) Um, He appears to have a Philadelphia Phillies jersey on. Oh, yeah. um, which is a capital offense in this this part. Well, we're not in Atlanta. Uh, it's close enough. And you know what? MLB considers the Nationals this area. I don't get uh, – the Braves games don't get blacked out for me. It's the Nationals games that get blacked out. Nationals and Baltimore. Well, it, it is uh, – it's kind of like the SEC Big Ten question, you know. North Carolina goes south, and we go south to Atlanta. Uh, I mean, MLB has a lot of money invested to make those decisions, and they said – and plus, uh, the Nationals are, what, four hours away? Atlanta is like six plus, depending on where you live. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that, but the Nationals aren't any good. And uh, the Braves are. Yeah, they're not good. But I'll tell you, the Nationals are actually could be good in a couple of years. They have some good farm guys, but we, people aren't here for baseball talk. Well, actually, I do kind of want to ask you about the, uh, um, about the ending of that game the other night, I guess last night or whenever it was. But, two nights uh, ago. Two nights ago, but I won't, I won't get you fired up. Don is one of those I mean, one no, it's, it's, It was a kick in the nuts. Um, I mean, it's not going to get me fired up. It was just a, just an absolute, like, ostrich kick in the nuts, you know? Um, I, bet you, you, uh, I bet you Kyle Swarber doesn't get, uh, get doubled off like that. Um, well, so, I'm ne- like, so there's some Phillies fans who get mad about um, Harper, his aggressiveness on the bases. I'm never going to get mad at aggressiveness on the bases. Because so many things have got to go right for the defense 
to double you off or throw you out or whatever the situation is. And more times than not, his aggressiveness gets the Phillies an extra base. Right. And but if you're going to be risky, it's going to backfire at times. So I don't I don't care about that. But Schwarber, yes, pisses me off. Pissed me off in the Marlins series. There was one sequence where he came up the beginning of the first game, hit a single, Turner hit a double where everybody else was squared from first on. Of course, Schwarber didn't because he's slow. And then they pop out in a right field. Anybody else would have tagged and scored there, but Schwarber's too fat and slow, so he couldn't. Get it out. Get it out. You've got about but there was a, There was another up. sequence I won't get into either that, that Schwarber leading off was a huge mistake. And I don't hate Schwarber. Just to be clear, don't hate Schwarber. I just hate that he leads off. But let's so, go. Let's go into the UNC talk. Yeah, I was going to say, Don doesn't want to get fired up. It doesn't fire him up. Then he commences to get fired up. <laughs> uh, shout out to the folks joining us that's not a that is uh buck sanders has an hourglass i have i don't know where this came from it's uh it's it's like 30 seconds i hold it up when don's running too long <laughs> don, well, let's you, talk about, you're in a new area it's my bonus room uh, so, somebody said i got kicked out of my man cave um, well they need to know that you live in a mansion and you have so many rooms and you got to use some of them you know if, they, if you haven't been in them for a couple of weeks, and that's what this is, I think. Yeah, and see, I've got a more comfortable chair here. Ah. In my man cave, I, I sit on a drum drum stool, you know, like you use for a drum set. So uh, anyway, uh, I hear your phone blasting off, so let's get into the chat MVP from last week or two weeks ago. Who was it? You got your notes? Yeah, so I'm looking at – yeah, John Thorpe is who I have down, and I was trying to pull up last week to kind of refresh my memory. These uh, every other week things, I just completely forget what happened last week. So I'm glad I wrote down uh, John Thorpe was our MVP. Is is John in here? I don't see him yet. but uh, I see Sean Crawley. John, if you're listening, uh, hop up and claim your prize you get a uh you get a one-on-one -on -one with don callahan to talk phillies baseball <laughs> top top five this week um and top five will be sponsored by congruity because they've got five ways to help your small business our top five after the break will be um what do we say top five cookies yes we we'll do top oh, five cookies are we going uh i'll throw a wrinkle in it are we going top five store-bought cookies or top five homemade cookies Ooh, let's go store-bought cookies. Okay. So top and five. Then, and then we can always revisit it and do homemade cookies. Okay. So let's go uh, top five store-bought cookies. Um, and somebody's going to pop up with some thing we've never heard of in yeah. these parts. But it'll be fun. Also, throw in the chat uh, where you're from, where you're listening to this from, and what you're doing. If you're at work on lunch break, if you're um, old and retired like I am and you're chilling at the house, just let us know. What's going on in chat? Of course, of course, ask questions for Don as we go along. Don, uh, we've talked about a lot that game to games don't really matter to recruits, individual mm -hmm. games. But North Carolina's season so far, 5-0 start, um, up to 12th in the polls, a big, big game coming to Kenan Stadium on Saturday night with Miami coming to town. Just sort of put in perspective what this type start and what this type season to this point means for North Carolina recruiting. So it, it's actually kind of like a perfect score, storm if you think about it. Back when we were, we did a top five home games from the recruit standpoint. And I think 
it was unanimous, and we don't have a whole lot of unanimous top fives as far as the number one was the Miami game. And, uh, you know, even you know, Miami, I think what they lost, they're what, five, four and one or whatever it is. Uh, but this was before knowing what sort of Miami we were going to get. And the thing is, is that Miami has that, you know, that, that it factor, um, no matter how even, bad they are with that, yeah. no matter how bad say, they even are, when they're not very, even when they're yeah. not very good, it's still Miami. Exactly. We, we talk about all the time, just the, um, prestige they have that prestige you know it's like a notre dame sort of thing so <clears throat> when um yeah miami coming town is, is big and it's even bigger when at one point they were undefeated until they lost to georgia tech but um and it becomes even bigger when you look at the fact that this is going to be a night game and a night game has two big positives to to it one it's obviously the atmosphere is going to be is going to be different. It's going to be better. You know, everybody. I think people might prefer noon games for different reasons or three thirty games for different reasons. But if you're talking about atmosphere, I just think it's difficult to really say another time slot is better than a seven thirty game. You know, no matter what the school is. The other item is is for recruits, it makes travel a whole lot easier. Cruz Law, a great example, he texted me a week ago and said, hey, I'm probably going to end up at the Miami game if the game is at 7.30, but at noon, I probably won't make it because I'm playing a game on Friday night. It has to come from Tennessee. A lot of other recruits face the same sort of situation. You're getting home at 10, 11 o'clock at night on Friday. You just you know, had your body beat down, and then to get to North Carolina, depending on where you live, if it's a noon game, it's a three 30 game. The recruits keep in mind, get arrive. They can arrive later, but they're asked to arrive two, three hours before kickoff. So you start kind of doing the math. You figure they got to sleep at some point. It makes it difficult. If it's a noon game, if, if you're coming from Georgia where North Carolina recruits heavily or Florida where North Carolina recruits heavily. So seven 30 game kind of takes away or eases some of the problems when it comes to transportation. So yeah, and and then but really more than anything else, the the game, the the attraction is UNC versus Miami and we'll have a a list, a comprehensive list later on in the week like we always do kind of leading up to it. Steve Wilfong though put out a list this morning, you know, tapping into his sources. And the big name there is is David Sanders. But to answer your question, such a game like this is huge. It's going to, um, it allows like a kid like David Sanders to say, okay, this is the game I'm going to go to. And even though if you ask people who are close to him, they'll tell you North Carolina is behind schools like Georgia and, um, Alabama and, um, I'm going blank Michigan. There's a couple other schools that are, that are kind of heavily involved and, and viewed as kind of in that lead group. And even if we accept that as the being the case, this is a situation where UNC has an opportunity to get him on campus, which is the key there. Yep. So just refresh folks' memory that are in the chat or listening to this, who David Sanders is. Um, a David quite, a, quite a big man and quite a big name. <laughs> yeah. So for the 2025 class, depending on the rankings, he's in the top five and the nation period. And regardless of position, regardless of what state he's from, 
a lot of the rankings at one point or another had him number one or number two. I don't know what he is off the top of my head right now. Uh, he's a five-star guy. He's that, you know, franchise left tackle blindside uh, protector sort of thing. And he also plays at Providence day high school, which if you follow recruiting, you're quite familiar with it recently. Jordan ship is committed um, to North Carolina plays there. A bunch of other guys, North Carolina has recruited the, the past couple cycles play there. There is an, another offensive lineman that's uh, a, a 26 offensive lineman North Carolina has offered from there. So it's a big time school. But Sanders is, I mean, you don't get more highly coveted than David Sanders as a recruit. So without giving away, um, and this is another reason to be an Inside Carolina premium subscriber, Steve, Wilf- Steve Wilfong has done some work. And you can find his work on Twitter, but Don's work is at Inside Carolina and be out later in the week. Don, it's safe to say that this is um, a, a pretty big weekend. You mentioned getting Sanders on campus. Um, how much? I mean, the game, of course, itself, they're talking about weather. People are already fretting about the weather. Um, how much does game to game recruiting visits matter? Like, how much does the outcome? of this game matter for those guys that come on campus. Is that a thing? So um, it, or... winning is only going to help. But if North Carolina beats the snot out of Miami on Saturday, it's not automatically going to get David Sanders. You know, I think I, to be honest, and this is going to sound crazy to people, I think you'll make more of an impact on recruits if you win an absolute, I'm sorry, if you lose an absolute thriller, like a back and forth game where you lose at the very end, then if you beat the snot out of Miami and just completely kill the atmosphere. And I know that sounds strange, but, you know, if, if it's a boring atmosphere and the kids are staring at their phone the entire time and, and kind of goofing around, not really paying attention, not really soaking up the atmosphere, I think that that hurts. Now, first and foremost, getting those kids on campus is huge. For those who follow me for a long time, know that I, the one I feel like element, because there's not a whole lot we can kind of grab onto when it comes to recruiting to try to predict where these kids are leaning, where they may go, and that sort of thing. But the one item we can kind of grab onto are visits. And if you look at visits, the more a kid visits a school, the more likely they are to end up at that school. And if you look at just kind of through the years, where do kids go? Are there exceptions? Absolutely. But the, the schools that they visit most is the, is the key. So getting Sanders and kids like him on campus Saturday is just a huge victory in itself. And then, um, you know, obviously if you win, it's going to only help. Um, but if the atmosphere is just tremendous, that's going to help. I mean, I think being able to, I think the most important thing after getting them on campus is showing Hey, I know you've seen Georgia. I know you've seen Ohio State and Michigan, and you've seen those atmospheres. Here's what North Carolina has the potential to be atmosphere-wise if we get you know elite recruits like you. Yeah, and it's funny. I was listening to um, the Miami press conferences, the Miami players' availability this week, some Miami reporters. They talk about how amazing the atmosphere is in Keenan Stadium. And they were asking the players, the Miami players, are you ready for that? Are you ready for the difficult road environment? And it's interesting because a lot of people don't think North Carolina's home field advantage is that. But in a game like the Miami game, it's usually always on fire. 
and that's why it's such a big weekend for North Carolina. It needs to be that way all the time, mm -hmm. um, but it certainly the Miami atmosphere ramps that up. Don, um, you know, we've got some questions in the chat and a lot, but how many, and this is just to reiterate what you just talked about getting guys on campus, how many recruits in the time you've been covering this have committed and stayed committed to a university having never visited? Have stayed committed? And I say that because yeah, of, it's, there's I mean, it's, it's that a, committed and then left. Yeah, after. I mean, have never visited. Um, it's it's extremely rare for a recruit to commit to a school having never visited. Usually if that happens, there's some sort of crazy circumstances. Like a great example. Um, now I'm going blank on his freaking name. But during the pandemic, the DB from... Um, Oh All God. I can think of is Brandon Willis, but that was way before. But he had visited. Yeah. He, oh, okay. He was Brandon Willis was the one who um, Kiffin. He was committed to Tennessee. Kiffin left in the middle of the night, sort of thing, and he didn't sign his letter of intent. And as they were driving to Tennessee, because he was an early enrollee or or whatever it was, um, they turned around and headed to North Carolina. But um, the DB from Florida, from Northern Florida, who 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 actually signed with North Carolina. Now this was during the pandemic. So visits weren't allowed. I mean, that's, that's just how rare those circumstances are. Yeah. The, like, I feel like the pandemic is probably just a, yeah, we can just kind of different situation. Yeah. yeah. Eliminate all of those completely. Yes. It's interesting on the pandemic too. You talk about that. You talk about evaluation of recruits and we've certainly seen some of that play out. Dante Belfour. That's it. And no, Balfour came to Carolina for a minute. He never visited. Oh, he never he, visited. He committed, signed, sight unseen because visits weren't allowed. And I believe he's at what? UNC Charlotte now or Charlotte? I know he transferred out. I don't know. Um, let's see. That's right. And forgive me yep, for saying that. He's, he's, at, he's at Charlotte now. Yeah. I'm so sorry. he must like, he must like uh, the state of North Carolina pretty well to, to at least stay here. Maybe he likes the big city of Charlotte. And, and I'm sorry for saying UNC Charlotte. I know that triggers some folks up these days. Um, Charlotte, University of Charlotte, whatever it is. Don, any any other information about? Well, it is it? UN, it's UNC Charlotte, but I think they like to go by Charlotte. Yes, I, I I actually that is my alma mater, by the way. It is. It you is. Went, you you got a degree from there? I did. I did. And here's a funny thing. I one of my projects I did because I'm you know a football nerd is. Yeah, keep in mind, this is before they had a football team. The feasibility of having a football program. And we interviewed a bunch of, it was, it was a group project. We interviewed a bunch of people who are high up in athletics there and in academics there. And everyone said, absolutely not. No way. Won't happen. Here's a reason, blah, blah, blah. And then a couple of years after I had graduated, I'm getting postcards asking for donations for uh, the football, the football program. Bro. You should have said, well, I, I wrote the article that yeah. started it at all. Yeah. So they should be paying me. That's what That's you right. should have said. That's right. Oh, are they the 49ers or the Niners? They are the 49ers. But <laughs> shout out to Charlotte. Um, shout out to Dante Balfour. Committing sight unseen and then ended up um, down 85, down 40 and 85 to Charlotte. Don, anything else from the Miami game? Uh, that's important. Any other names you want to share? We want to. Yeah, I mean, um, I think I think I'll throw out a couple additional names. Um, I don't want to give away too much because obviously this stuff is behind a uh, behind a premium wall, and we'll have a lot more. But um, a great example of what 
such a game like this does is a kid like Bryce Davis, who is at Dudley. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's going to hit me. That. I almost messed <laughs> that up. At um, Grimsley High School in Greensboro. So immediately you think Alex Taylor, um, Travis Shaw, you know, all these other kids in North Carolina's recruiting. But for some reason, he has visited North Carolina, but he has not visited North Carolina, North Carolina nearly as frequently as his current and former teammates have, which has many close to him kind of assuming that this is a kid who is kind of thinking about heading out of state. And so this, I believe, will be his first visit to North Carolina in about a year, which considering, you know, his 26 quarterback, Faison Brandon, visited last week, has visited, visited a ton. You know, his team played in the 707 at North Carolina, and Bryce didn't join him there for that back in June. So this is pretty significant to get him, but this is what, you know, a mega matchup will do is get the, this sort of kid on campus and try to get things back on track with him. And and there's a bunch of out-of-state guys that kind of fall into that category too, like London um, Merritt, who actually his his parents are from Chapel Hill, but um, they moved to Georgia. He's a kid, lives in um, the, the Atlanta area. He's at um, uh, Woodward Academy. He's, a, he's an edge rusher. You know, this is a big time guy. Had not made, he, he camped at UNC last summer, not this past summer, last summer. And then just absolutely blew up and has been visiting all of these national powerhouses. Hadn't made it back to North Carolina, even though his dad and in London himself told me that they, that making it back to North Carolina was one of their plans. I had kind of written him off, just kind of assumed, okay, this is a kid in, in Atlanta. He's going to end up at an SEC school. But, you know, you, you, you host a big time matchup and you get a kid like that on campus. You just never know what can happen. That's a solid program too down there. Yeah. Yep. Big time. I mean, um, and you remember from the Showtime camp, I mean, they, they had a couple of kids there. You know, he's not the only one that North Carolina has offered from that program. Yeah. So, uh, something to watch there. It matters. It matters being good. It matters being on national television. It matters playing, um, high level ball games. Let's talk a little bit about, um, a couple of questions in the chat. I wanted to ask you about Bryce Baker. He's getting a ton of, uh, a ton of, I guess hype. I don't know if it's hype because he's really good. Just sort of update folks listening on his season thus far uh, and the sort of the accolades or the, the notice he's getting on a national scale. Yeah, I mean, he's just, you know, just to kind of backtrack a second, you know, he, he played his first two seasons at Walkertown High School, which is a fairly new school, doesn't have much of a reputation as a football program because it's, it's brand new. And so to kind of help his – um profile um he transferred across the well across the county to east foresight high and those who are fans of of um in-state high school football know that east foresight is a program that consistently produces players that go on to play college ball todd willard has been there a very very long time i can't remember a time where todd willard wasn't there so this is i don't know off the top of my head how long he's been there but it's probably 15 plus years but has they've won state championships. They have competed for state championships. So um, Bryce decides to transfer there, and it was absolutely a great move. And um, I'm, I was pull, trying to pull up his stats as we speak, but the one thing that popped in my mind, because I, I check these box scores every weekend, is that he's on a three-game, three-touchdown streak currently, meaning he's thrown three touchdown passes at least 
in the past three games. And all three of those games um, have been victories for East Forsyth. So, you know, he, I think East Forsyth is definitely going to challenge for the state championship this year. And a big part of that is Bryce Baker being added to that roster. Yeah, I, I don't know if you can hear it. My dog is going absolutely nuts outside. Probably got. I, a, cannot, I cannot hear it. Probably got a FedEx driver or Amazon driver hemmed up on the porch or something. But uh, they can run. He's getting old. Uh, any other – somebody in the chat ask uh, about Michael Merdinger. Got any any word on him? A lot of people always want to know about the quarterbacks. And, of course, North Carolina becoming quarterback you a little bit with Sam that's, and That's our, our, our Steve Brown who looks like Mike Pence. Um, so just before I get to that, the <laughs> hopefully Steve's not getting offended. Um <laughs> Bryce, for the season, is completing 66% of his passes for 1,688 yards and 19 touchdowns. And so he's also, he's not a big runner, but um, he has carried the ball 20 times for 134 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. He's definitely more of a, I'm going, I will, I will run to keep the, the defense honest, but I'm going to sit back here and I'm going to throw the ball. But Merdinger, yeah, I mean, the numbers aren't great. The film is okay. I think the problem is with Merdinger is there was a lot of hope that he would um, kind of just, just absolutely blow up this season because he, you know, his situation, for those who haven't followed it, he's been a backup up until this season. But in that backup role, he actually did start a game but um, and then obviously came in in certain situations for uh, Colonel Gibbons, which is in South Florida, and has shown a lot of promise in those opportunities as an underclassman. But for whatever reason, this season things haven't been clicking as as much as people think. And some of it is is the expectation was it's going to be a blow up season. So really, unless it's a blow a blow up season he's going to fall short of expectations and that's what we're kind of seeing. But you know, his numbers aren't great. As I said, you know, he's, he's only completing 53% of, of his passes for a kid that you expect to be playing, you know, uh, power five football in, in a year or a couple of years, you know, you want to see them over 60%. So that's not good. And, and he's at a program that has some talent. Now I don't know how well they are or how talented they are this season, but historically, Cardinal Gibbons has um, produced a lot of really good players. And um, so uh, uh, 1,242 yards, passing 13 touchdowns with, with four interceptions. So that ratio isn't bad at all. But the completion percentage is, is um, shorter than what you would, would hope. His film is okay. It's nothing spectacular. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. And, and, and I'm sure it doesn't help either that you have the quarterback who is committed for the next class is just absolutely rocking out. Yep. And, and so let me ask you this question. Um, and you sort of men mentioned it high school quarterbacks, uh, completion percentage probably needs to be what? 65. Or, or well, you're you're running over 60. You're running over 60%. I mean, the, the problem is, is like, on one hand, you're like, okay, these are super talented kids. On the other hand, you got to remember most of them are throwing to guys who aren't going to be playing receiver in college at all. Yeah, so there is that. With, yeah, yeah. 
So, <laughs> so you don't want to get too much. And with any high school stats, because I always people are like, oh, this kid's rushed for 2,000 yards. Why doesn't he have any offers? You know, you it's good to see, but you know, there is no like this kid did did this in high school, this is what he's gonna do in college, sort of thing. You know, similar to you know, we've seen tons of college players put up massive numbers and then go into the NFL and not do anything, or maybe not even be drafted into the NFL, just because, you know, the stats just don't translate all the time. Yeah, it's always more than the numbers, especially in recruiting, especially in evaluation. Um, that's what I've been preaching about Drake this year. Um, you know, and even though now his numbers are better than they were last year, the touchdowns and interceptions are not. But it's about growth, and the NFL ultimately looks at a lot more things than just uh, stats on a sheet. Anything left, Don? You've got several new articles, several new intro, intro articles um, on the website. Anything else before we take a break, come back after the, the break and talk some more? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, we'll just let's just talk some more after the break. Okay, let's do it. We're going to talk about Johnny T-Shirt, title sponsors of this podcast and the rest of the Inside Carolina Podcast Network. <clears throat> Get all your swag that you need. You want to support players on NIL? Somebody mentioned NIL in chat about being a, an issue in recruiting. Well, go buy Johnny T-Shirt swag. That's NIL related. They got the Drake stuff. They got other players. They've, of course, got the basketball and, the, and, and all of that. But they also got sweatshirts, hoodies, probably some rain gear if you need it if you're in Chapel Hill this weekend. Johnny T-Shirt's got everything you need for your home setup, your tailgate setup, and all your clothing needs, hats. I can say that hats, when it's nice and sunny, great gets at Johnny T-Shirt. They save you a lot of redheads. And I'm not talking about hair. I'm talking about burned up scalps. Johnny T-Shirt, take care of them. They take care of us, Inside Carolina Premium subscribers. Get that 10% off. If you can't see them on East Franklin Street, you need to see them online at johnnytshirt.com. National Guys Pay the Bills is the noon dish with Don Callahan. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs. Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Okay, Don, uh, I really want to get into the cookie section because I'm hungry, but what's next for North Carolina on the recruiting trail and how much more that this season, um, aside from the Miami game, 
how does this season's success or, or failure at this point, uh, how does it affect the class? And is it more of a 25 class, 26 class? Or, or, or where are we here as North Carolina's rolling? Yeah, I mean, this this class is basically done. They do have, we've talked about the um, uh, Leroy Jackson, the defensive lineman, who probably will end up being North Carolina's last high school target of this class. He's actually officially visiting this weekend. And so I think win or loss, it you know, he's evaluating more than than what North Carolina is doing in the football field. He's eval- this will be his first visit to Chapel Hill. So th- so it's more about his experience there, his experience, you know, that Sunday afterwards hanging out with with the coaching staff and that sort of thing. Um, that Saturday in, before the game, you know, with that experience, like his conversations, that sort of thing. But yeah, from a, a standpoint of what this season and what this game kind of does, it's it it's impacting mostly the 25 and 26 classes for sure, by far, you know, um, and and that's that's where you're going to see the impact. That's going to change as we always talk about the the perception, the prestige. That's that's going to change the the perception of North Carolina in those recruits those recruits eyes as opposed you know everything for 24 is kind of already set yeah sort of explain that for folks a little bit I mean you know on its face you see North Carolina's playing really well in 2023 if you're a 2020 if you're a 2024 guy or even a, a early commit 25 guy why would you want to get in on that train they're playing good such and such team's really good Talk about how that relates because it's all about relationships, especially early in recruiting and early in the cycles. And that's why the 2023 season on the field has more effect on the 25s and even the 26s because of those relationships that are built when teams are playing well. Yeah, well, I think the main thing for 24 is that all of North Carolina's commits right now, current commits, were committed by the end of August, well before the season began. And so obviously they can't, whatever their perception of North Carolina was, was cemented a long time ago. Now you might say, okay, what, you know, maybe someone else wants to jump on the train sort of thing. The problem with that is that North Carolina isn't the only school that has all or nearly all of its commitment list locked in. So who's kind of left? Now, if we look at last year where North Carolina needed to fill some remaining gaps in their recruiting class, what did they do? Well, there wasn't just these magical kids who appeared out of nowhere who no, no, no one was recruiting. Um, there were some late bloomers, but they, if you think about it, they went and they poached off of East Carolina's commitment list, stole three kids committed to East Carolina to add to his class. And that's what you kind of see. I mean, those kids were already committed somewhere else, you know, And but it's difficult. And it's not like North Carolina is going to go on Georgia's commitment list and say, okay, we want this kid, so let's recruit him because, you know, it's Georgia. And if that kid was truly interested in North Carolina, they would have shown that interest early on. So, um, so yeah, it's just the calendar has already, you know, the calendar has it where basically the class is already done before the season. Um, but to get to your point, I think you're talking about relationships and, and that's, and that's really big, you know, because I think, even though kids should not be making decisions based off of position coaches or recruiting coaches or whoever it may be, because they're going to leave, you know, the odds of a coach being there for all four or five or however long you're on campus is actually very, very slim. If you, if you go and pull up any random assistant coaches 
resume and just see how often they're staying somewhere more than three years. It's not very much. You know, there, there are rare exceptions, but for the most part, coaches are hopping around a, a good amount of time. But that's, those, are the, those are the ones who are connecting with the recruits, who are talking to those recruits. And, you know, this is more anecdotal than actual, like, hard evidence. But for me, it, it just seems like the coaches who have great reputations as recruiters, those coaches end up getting a lot better recruits. Lonnie Galloway, who I feel like is North Carolina's best recruiter, compare the recruits he has helped North Carolina sign compared to any other assistant coach North Carolina has had underneath Mac Brown. And it's not even close. So um, those things do, do matter with the relationships for sure. Let me ask a few questions. And of course we're talking with Don Callahan on the noon dish, certainly sponsored by Johnny t-shirt. Don, uh, we answered that one from Steve Brown. Here you go. Carlton Vanoy. How much does it matter with five-star guys when everyone seems to think we are behind on NFL money or <laughs> NIL money? And us, we being North Carolina, I might uh, think that might be a little overrated um, when it comes to North Carolina as far as the behind part. But Don, your take on um, how you've seen NIL become a big factor in recruiting. If we're being honest, there are certain kids who are going to go to the highest bidder. That's just how it is. Yeah. The problem is it's hard to say how much, how many of those kids exist because there's just not the, the numbers, the facts just aren't readily available or aren't available at all, to be honest. So it's hard to say, but, um, you know, Mac has, and from everything that I know, I believe this to be true, but Mac has said that North Carolina's approach is, Hey, if you want the NIL money and that's all you care about, this is not the spot for you we're preaching the fact that you're going to get your quote unquote NIL NIL money in a different form by graduating from North Carolina and using your degree and using the network that, that the university of North Carolina has in place. And you know, you will get paid here. We're just not going to guarantee you money. Um, you know, there are, you know, things set up and, and, and this is what Drake may makes. And this is what all these other players make also. And so the potential is here to make money. We just can't guarantee it to you like some of these other schools are. And you can't, they're not going to guarantee you something you hadn't earned. And, yeah. uh, and you know, these high school guys going to places and think they're getting a bag, you know, unless you get the actual bag, uh, you might want to take it with a grain of salt at times. Anyway, it's just, uh, that NIL deal is just, I don't, I don't know what to think of it. And we're, we're deep into it now. Yeah, it, it, it does. It doesn't, it doesn't feel right. So I agree with you. And then on top of that, you really end up having others who aren't directly involved with these schools, even though some schools are definitely, even if a school's breaking the rules and, and kind of talking to these collectives, like they shouldn't be, they still aren't making the final call on a lot of these decisions. If yeah. you think about it. Yeah, you know, seen, so somebody else who doesn't have all the information is so it's yeah. so it's yeah so it's it's not a great the way things are set up right now it's not great yeah and i've seen some in a ncaa proposed legislation i think i read that maybe let schools get more involved directly in the nil aspect of it i, I don't know who knows steve brown um he's gonna get two questions and he might get Uh-oh. mvp 
You know, Bryce Baker is a great student. Could he reclass? I've not heard that at all, but Don? He, I, I would, I don't know. I would assume what I know about high school students and classes having some of my own, I would, I would assume that if you are a good student, that you probably have enough credits to, um, to do that. I don't know if that's not something that has, I've ever heard being brought up. Um, but, um, you know, from, from all I've heard is that Bryce's focus is, is just, uh, you know, graduating early, which would be not this December, the following December, but I'm sure if that's something he really wanted to do, I mean, I'm sure he could do it and he probably is not that far away from doing it, but I just not heard that is something, it's not something that, that really, you know, happens very often to be honest. You know, I think, I think missing that last part of your senior season for a lot of kids is big enough to miss your full senior season is, is, is tough. Yeah. And I mean, reclassing in football is a little bit different animal than reclassing in basketball. Of course, North Carolina has seen. um, Well, the thing too, about the reclassing in basketball, a lot of this happens at some of those schools. I don't want to disparage anything, but some of these schools that you don't have the school experience. You know what I mean? Am I making sense to you? (laughs) <laughs> yes, I understand. But Carolina also has a reclass on the roster, basketball roster this year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Elliot Cadeau. Let me ask you a question. Carlton's getting in another one, and I'm going to answer this one because this is more of a team question. And I, I remember from you go, you go to ahead, Tommy. Scoop- you rock on with your bad self. Should, well, I'll let you. I'll be glad to let you uh, <laughs> answer too. But since, should we read anything with the lack of playing time for Harold last week? Seemed like a spot to get a meaningful time in the fourth. Um, Mac Brown's. I think he referenced it on Monday. Uh, Drake May is not coming out of that game until that game is over one way or another. And when you see things happen, like at Georgia Tech, Miami, when you see things happen, like at Baylor and UCF, and and just ridiculous comebacks by teams, uh, there's a time and place for backup quarterbacks to get reps. But you got to make dang on sure you win the ball game. And Harold got some time and and had a – couple throws in there um, which goes to the other question is North Carolina's quarterback next year on the roster um, we'll see it's a long drawn out thing here's another question that sort of spins off of that I'm doing a good job segueing in this you, you are Tommy some you're on fire Tar Heel Paul says does this I can't talk though does the success this year positively affect the portal I assume so how is portal how do how does game by game, season by season affect portal recruiting, Don? So, I know you don't like this answer, but I really case think it's by case by case. case. Because here's a, so so look at this. Let's say hypothetically, I am not. I understand that that Drake could potentially, the odds are of Drake leaving after the season are pretty high. I'm not in the, in the uh, group of thinking he's definitely gone and all this. But let's say that. Tez Walker is in the portal or is going to be in the portal in December. Let's say, forget about Tez Walker. Now let's say he waits until this year to go out. And then you have Drake may leaving. I don't know if North Carolina gets Tez Walker in that situation, because I think Tez Walker was a big um, selling point, because I think if you're a receiver and that your mindset is, is for Tez, 
was I did really well at Kent State. I'm on NFL draft boards. Now I want to push myself up higher on those draft boards. How do I do that? I go to a situation where they have a set quarterback in place that's going to throw the ball a lot. Now, that obviously, Drake had a really good season last year. Um, and obviously the offense in place. So that kind of connects to that, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, you, I think like, like, right, let me take it to this year. You know, let me ask you, how many, how many offensive linemen do you think North Carolina is losing after this season? Roughly. Just on his face, probably four or five, six yeah. maybe. So if I'm a running back, that might not be super attractive to me. Just to be in in the offense, you know, is probably more pass heavy than I would like, unless I'm a, a receiving, you know, a guy who who wants to catch the ball a bunch too. But that might not be appealing to me. Um, not that North Carolina's in the market for a running back at all, but I'm just kind of just lay out scenarios, realistic scenarios out there. Yeah, I mean, the thing about portal recruiting versus high school recruiting is high school guys know or should know that it's a process. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not going to come don't. in. Yeah. Well, they don't, but they should know that yeah. it's, you're not going to come in and be a stud day one. Mm-hmm. Rare is that occasion. But portal guys, especially guys that are grad transferring, they've got one year left, mm-hmm. two years tops um, with this COVID mess that's still floating around. They want to go to a situation where they're going to have some success and get those names out there and all. And rightly or wrongly, uh, the better teams get more uh, press, more publicity, you get Mel Kuyper in the draft, folks talking about you more if you're on a big-time team. Um, so that's the difference here. Um, and, and, you know, and I think having a quarterback like Drake May certainly made a huge difference with Walker and Nate McCollum. Having um, a beast offensive line like you talked about um, would certainly affect me if I were a running back not named Barry Sanders because Barry Sanders could run behind you and me blocking. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so those things – that's why immediate success for North Carolina this year, and not only doing well this year, but looking to be good next year matters on that portal side because I'm not going to transfer some from somewhere that's not any good to go play to somewhere that's not any good. I mean, mm-hmm. that's not the goal here. Anyway, anything left on the recruiting side, Don? It's been a, a fun, spirited chat, and it's uh, I'm ready to talk cookies, though, man. Yeah, yeah. All right, so real quick, so – kind of getting lost in the fact of the Miami game. North Carolina actually did have some big visitors this past weekend. And one was Juju Wynn, which we ran a story on on Monday. This is, uh, I was surprised they visited, particularly for the Syracuse game as opposed to the Miami game. But, you know, this is a, you know, four-star kid from Georgia, um, has a gazillion offers. But So, uh, again, we have an update with him on Monday. And then there was a bunch of other guys who also visited over the weekend. We'll have updates with those guys in the coming days. Try to get this stuff out um, before uh, before the weekend for sure. But uh, I talked to you know West uh, Weston Port, a guy that oh, that oh that you, guy yeah yeah yeah. So he spent the weekend in Chapel Hill. Uh, he's from California. Uh, um, I think he's I think he's a three high three star linebacker from California. Spent the weekend. Um, Jarrell Boulder, which I ran the story this morning, in-state athlete. And there's a couple of other guys that we have stories that will be up during the week. So yeah. um, Syracuse weekend was also pretty pretty fruitful for North Carolina, too. 
Yeah, and it was a beautiful weekend and a absolute beatdown by the Tar Heels. When you look at uh, Don's work on Inside Carolina on the premium boards, it is loaded out there. You've got the Jarrell Boulder story. You've got um, prospects coming to Miami coming up shortly uh, this week. Just a ton of work from Don on the premium message boards. And Don, you know, one of the coolest things is a lot of times folks are not accessible in the media. They don't, uh, they write and they talk, but they don't listen and answer. You got a Don Callahan. Ask a Don Callahan thread. And the man answers everything. I mean, and he even answers, you know, other than be a Phillies fan, he's a pretty cool dude and he shares it all. That's what the great Hey, we have the Flyers. Well, Hurricanes play today and the Flyers open their season tomorrow. I cannot believe it's hockey season. Already. I can't believe it either. Fun fact: talked to uh, Jordan Stahl in the Bulls lot parking lot. Oh, really? A couple weeks ago, he and several other Hurricanes were down with the Sagasters. Shout out to the Sagasters, and hope everything is as good as possible there. But I asked him. I said, "Man, do you ever get time off?" <laughs> and he said, "Probably two or three weeks during the summer, um, where they just disconnect totally." But I mean, it just seems like they were just playing. See, yeah, so I have a big problem with Jordan Stahl because he played for Pittsburgh for the longest time. Oh, my God, man. You got to let it go. I'm following the money, Don. If <laughs> I would play for the Phillies for the right amount of money. It would take. No, it's not, no, not about the money. Just the fact that he played for the Penguins. I know. He played for another team. He, he had no, you know, he got. No, it's, but it's, it's the out. Penguins. He played for the Penguins. I just, so you don't like Sidney Crosby? I hate Sidney Crosby. I think he's a I, – I can't say – I don't know what our rating our rating was if we're if we had to be G rated. What I I don't have great yes, thoughts with Crosby. Even though I did watch and I mentioned this on on the beat last night, uh, I watched the Miami Hurricane offensive lineman that got caught in all the memes, mm-hmm. um, saying "What are we doing? What are we doing?" He dropped the S word like four or five times in his press availability. I thought it was just classic Miami. <laughs> he he was a cool dude. Anyway. Uh, we're going to turn to the top five, folks. you still got a chance to get your top five cookies, store-bought cookies in the chat. Um, but first thing we're going to do, and why it's important to talk about uh, top five list, A, if you're hungry, B, because top five is going to be sponsored by Congruity. And you know that they're uh, all about your midsize, small to midsize business. And if I can get my notes up here, I'll nail it on the read. But Congruity is all about handling business so you can work at growing your business they take care of the biggest asset of your business and what's that don what's the biggest aspect your people your people so it's top five list i don't even know this wasn't rehearsed i know and see don's just nailing it but why why is this a perfect segment the perfect segment for congruity read why is the top five don because we're because the top five is about the people. Yeah, it's about the people, but it's also congruity has five major points that folks ah. have to pay attention to. North Carolina-based, right? Okay. Shop local. You can shop local with congruity. They're national. They local presence, personal support, and Darren and Matt nail it with all that stuff. They empower your small business and your mid-sized business with HR and payroll outsourcing so you can take care of what, Don? Your people. They have top-of-the-line technology. Every stage of your business growth, they're on it with the technology. So you can do what, Don? Take care, Take care of, of your people. And they are obsessed with customer service. They become part of your team. They do all the heavy lifting. So you can do what? Grow take your care of your people. And take care of the people. They transform your organization. And uh, 
you know, across the country they do that, but they do it right here in North Carolina. So do this. If you're an Inside Carolina uh, reader, watcher, noon dish, however you get it, congruityhr.com front slash Tar Heels to learn more about the company. But not only that, you fill out a short form and get connected to the consultants, and they'll give Inside Carolina people, people that go to this website, congruityhr.com front slash Tar Heels, and they'll give you a free assessment on your payroll and HR, see how much they can help you. That's congruityhr.com front slash Tar Heels. Take care of them. Those five reasons they look after you, we're getting into the top five store-bought cookies. All right. I see Sean Crawley just blowing it up, man. You you need Don needs to take you out to dinner sometime, Sean, or take you out to lunch because you are always in here carrying the weight for him. Um, <laughs> well, but we're not going since to... he's from from Pennsylvania. Oh Lord, that's it. I noticed that, and I just totally. Sean, totally are you a it. Phillies fan or a Flyers fan? I need to know this. All right, so, let's get I into gotta it. I got to tell you, I this is this is hard. I mean, I could probably do a top 25, to be honest with you. No, it's five. I know, I know. I'm just saying it is hard. I'm eliminating stuff, and it's – so, all right. I know you say store-bought. Do um, Girl Scout cookies, does that count? I saw somebody throw it up. I mean, I guess they're technically – since I can buy them outside of the grocery store at the table. Fair enough. What's your favorite Girl Scout cookie? The Samoa. Oh, the coconut ones? Yeah. Uh Uh-uh. You don't like them? What are your favorite? Uh, the thin mints. Okay. They, they stay in the freezer almost year round. You know, store bought <laughs> versions, grasshoppers or whatever they call them. I even got the food line brand. Mm-hmm. Um, love some thin mints. Uh, Jordan Taylor throws up Oreos. One, two, three, four, and five. Yeah. I mean, I guess there are five different kinds of Oreos. I've never really liked, I kind of like the, the white Oreos. My wife loves Oreos. So that's a big, I'm in trouble. I'm at the grocery store. Grab Oreos. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get flowers. Get Oreos. Yeah, do not get flowers. (laughs) Nutter Butters, Carlton Vanoy. I kind of like them. You know, not really. People need to learn how to count to five, though. Uh, Let's go here. I'm going to let you off the hook on that because I'm not going to chastise the readers. Chips Ahoy, um, they have to be the crunchy kind. Whoever invented chewy, um, store-bought cookies just had some stale ones that they repackaged. Nutter Butters, Petridge Form, Bordeaux, Gingerbread Men, nope. I do not like ginger stuff. The fudge, fudge chips are good, too. Petridge Form Milano's are really good. I like yeah, that. God, there's so many different directions to go with this. I know, really, man. I, I just uh, had me some... Uh, Thin mints before I came up here, and now I'm struggling. Chips Ahoy, this is Ansel Gamble. Chips Ahoy, Nilla wafers, love them, especially like the small ones because really? they got a lot. Of I don't products. mind them, but Oreos, golden Oreos, that's the one that I'm talking about. Uh, and Nutter Butters. You remember when Pete Nance on the basketball team? They had the lemon Oreos. What in the fan? <laughs> Slee Rat. Uh, he's gluten free, so I, I would struggle. Thank goodness I've been <laughs> blessed to be able to eat whatever junk. I want without um, the only recourse is fat around the belly and not some sickness, but gluten-free Oreos, uh, Girl Girl Scout Caramel Delights, Nutter Butters, Chewy Chips Ahoy, the stale ones, sorry, Slee, and Girl Scout Tagalongs. I like those as well. We're not going to agree, Tommy. Uh, You like Chips Ahoy Chewy ones? 
Yeah, I love soft batch or chewy chips ahoy. I just think they're repackaged stale ones. Um, Mark Kenton, Mrs. Fields. Let me tell you something. Yeah, when especially I, if they're like warm. If you go to the mall and the Mrs. Fields has got them, I don't know what they're called, but they're the ones that have that chewy sort of fudge stuff in the middle of them. That's bad news. If they didn't cost like $5 a piece these days. Uh, MCAM, Chewy Chips Ahoy, <laughs> Fudge Grams, Pecan Sandy's Nutter Burters, Girl Scout Mint Chocolate. I would assume those are the Thin Mints, MCAM. And then last but not least, Don's Philly Friend, Tagalongs, Nabisco originally made them before the Girl Scouts. All right, Don, let's see if anybody chimed in. All right. You want mine? What is a PB cookies? Peanut butter. Oh, I like I like nutter butters though. I especially like the small ones. Hold on, I'm making sure anything pictures really Panera. Oh, so Panera makes what I always call a dump truck cookie. I think it's a kitchen sink though. It's got literally everything in it. It's like 900 calories. I used to eat it when I was used to work at courthouse. All right, that's it. What's yours? All right, so mine, I just figured it out. Um, all right, so my number number five for me is, I just went mostly Chips Ahoy, although I can go like a bunch of different directions, but I went the chunky ones with a, with a big chunky mm-hmm. um, pieces of chocolate, obviously. That's number five. The Samoan cookies, Girl Scout cookies, number four. All of these, or most of these, I guess I should say, maybe not the Samoan, all of these, I love a nice glass of milk and to dip them. You know what's actually awesome, and this is a slightly off topic. You go to Trader Joe's has those um, those dippers. They're like, 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 like this, like this, maybe a little bit bigger than than a pencil. Like, it's like a cookie dipped in chocolate yeah. or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are freaking insane. Um, anyway, all right. Number three, Chips Ahoy M and M's, M and M chocolate chip. Number two, the chips and wine. peanut butter cup. We're, we're shooting for a sponsorship here, folks. And number one, yeah, please, please sponsor me. <laughs> <laughs> the number, the number one, soft batch or the chewy chips ahoy. I feel like they're kind of sort of the same. The I just soft, like the soft batch is your number one. Yes, I love. I, I love. Do- I love soft cookies. You know what's good. You know what exactly. I really like? And you know how me on my top five list. I'm all over the place. Um, thin Mints, the Mini Nilla Wafers, uh, uh, Petra's Farm, the Milano's, like dark chocolate Milano's. There's some in the pantry right now. Um, I'll eat a Chips Ahoy cookie, um, the crunchy kind. I need one more, Donna. I? I was writing me down the list. I'll go some Nutter Butters, I think. No, 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 no. Fudge Stripes and Fudge Grams. Anything with chocolate, I'll eat. Unless it's got coconut on it. But <laughs> well, anyway. so, um, oh, the, Toll House. Toll House, uh, you buy the stu- the dough in the store. Yes, and you just eat the dough without cooking it? Yeah. I, I Even rarely if you, get them to the, to the oven. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's more for when I do it, I do one for me and then one to put on the pan. One for me, one on the pan. It's, uh, yeah, uh, I mean... It's still a cookie, right? But I can't do the milk. I only like milk and cereal because I'm not like lactose intolerant, but I don't Uh-oh. like drinking straight milk. Well, so the milk I, w- I don't do with the chewy 
ones, but for the for the the crunchy, as you call it, the, the harder ones, I like the milk. But they have to have lots of chocolate, which is why I like the peanut butter cup ones, the M M&M and M ones, and the chunky ones. Which I probably could have just thrown all those into one category and then added a couple other cookies in there. But it is what it is. Folks, I appreciate it. I'm gonna go run several miles. Got an interview with a Miami Beat reporter. Got to run off bonus. those cookies. Yeah, got to run off. Now I got to run at like ten miles to burn off the bag of cookies i ate um but yeah i love homemade cookies the best but those are the store ball shout out to everybody for dropping their stuff anything left on before we get out of here we're actually on time this week we are on time yeah um yeah i think we covered everything just be on the lookout for a big weekend recruiting wise for uh north carolina and we'll provide hopefully it's good coverage it is uh well it'll be great coverage but what does uh rainy weather don look like it's when the rain comes down from the sky. No, what, what's Don wearing in the rainy weather? <laughs> oh, what am I wearing? So I will bring, I always have a poncho in my um, backpack. Um, I, I, I try not to pull it out because it's more of a pain in the butt than anything. But I will bring an umbrella. And so, so yeah. You're, you're the guy with the umbrella in Keenan Stadium. Well, you're not supposed to, I think. Exactly. Yeah, you get right um, out of there. But so usually I don't. My now to be completely, I don't mind getting wet at all. My my concern is my camera because I actually did break a camera, an Inside Carolina camera, because it was actually like, it wasn't Indiana, maybe it was Colorado or someone a, a while ago. It was raining, and I took pictures, and my camera got a little wet. It was working, and then when I got home, I remember going in the living room and I heard this clicking coming from my dining room, I'm going to my dining room and my camera was just taking photos. So I turned it off and never turned on again. I took it to uh, a camera shop and they told me it was, it was gone. Nothing we could do. Should put it in rice. Should have thrown it in rice right when you got home. Isn't that how you fix everything that gets wet? I oh. guess so. I've never done it, but <laughs> that is uh that is Don Callahan. It's been the Newton dish sponsored by Johnny t-shirt and congruity. Congruity HR front slash or congruity HR.com front slash Tar Heels for your free assessment. Shout out to the folks that joined us. Uh, like I mentioned, content for the rest of the week. Greg Barnes and I have a next level with Chris Stock from Inside the U. That's always a fun chat with Chris. That'll be up tomorrow morning. Jason Staples and myself, Thursday night, 9 o'clock live for the Game Plan podcast. Be sure to check out all of Inside Carolina's content. Taylor Vipolis will have his insider rundown. And then, of course, the coverage at SC Live ahead of Miami, North Carolina. Huge game, huge recruiting game for North Carolina. We'll see everybody, I guess, in a couple weeks on the Noon Dish. Thanks, Don. Thank you, Tommy. This is Sandra Oreda from Attacking Third, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Golasso Network dedicated to all things women's soccer. With the NWSL expanding to 14 teams, the 2024 season promises to be bigger and better than ever, and Attacking Third will be along for the ride from start to finish. Before that, though, we'll be all over the CONCACAF W Gold Cup, where the U.S. Women's National Team is looking to clinch silverware on home soil. We'll also be keeping tabs on the Winter Transfer Window, the Women's Super League, the UEFA Women's Champions League, and elsewhere. Coming to you multiple times a week with game previews, recaps, analysis, breaking news, exclusive interviews, and more, Attacking Third is your one-stop shop for the best coverage of the women's game. Download, follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you subscribe to Attacking Third.